Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. <laughs> Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Eufy X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris, and Mop Master dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. That's the second time it's gone off. Never got home, they never got home, they never got home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sports are important. There's still time, you guys. There is still time to sign up for our World Cup final preview. Hey, Murph. Hey, Owen, how's it going? That preview pod will go out tomorrow. Argentina versus France. Messi versus Mbappe. Leo Messi, one game away from winning the World Cup. One goal away from winning the Golden Boot. And one performance away from winning the Golden Ball. Messi, 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 football, football, football. I if that was the Argentinian <laughs> commentary of his wonder assist for the third Argentina goal. Sometimes on, there's just no other words for it, is there? <laughs> other than the two things that are now basically inextricably linked in all of our yeah, brains. Just say the name of the player and say the name. And just remind people what sport they're watching. Yeah, it's not Messi followed by football. It's Messi equals football this week, which in itself is kind of mental oh yeah I hadn't really parsed to that degree mm. so he's not necessarily saying Messi is amazing and football is amazing he's saying Messi has become football yes yeah he has so you're he going is, that far he has taken on a new form uh, right. like you know the marshmallow man at the end of Ghostbusters <laughs> uh, the, you know, that's what we're talking about now. He's, spoiler <laughs> not a spoiler Ron. I mean you know, he's in it all the promo shots from 1980 fucking 5 so yeah. I mean come on it can't be a spoiler if the saw it again recently Murph not blown away by it I gotta say ah, on your why so, do you keep I've, revealing yourself to be an idiot so publicly well, I watch it, no I mean I watched Home Alone again recently absolutely on board Home Alone good stuff <laughs> Ghostbusters not just not to, didn't quite hit home in the same way as it did when I was a mm. wee lad. <laughs> what I the fuck are we talking about? Know, I just don't know. Oh dear, yeah. We All can right, both agree on Bill and Ted's Adventure, right? Oh, well, and the bogus journey. I mean, yeah, the, I've, I've, the, come on. The bogus journey, one, uh, their bogus journey was one of the all-time great underrated sequels, Murph. People talk about The Godfather Part 2. Bill really and Ted's was. bogus journey is what it's all it about. Was. Last night, there was... No bogus journey for the French team. Oh, God. As they, you could have just left it. You didn't have to segue. You just can't help yourself, though. They took care of the tournament's big underdog story. Morocco, I think it's this it's this syndrome 
the, it, it's it's a thing that happens to coaches um, in big games, the biggest games, where they pick a bunch of injured guys because they can't face not picking them for different reasons. Sometimes the injured guys are like, you have to pick me or I'll kill you. Sometimes... <laughs> Um, sometimes they're looking at the guy who's like the second best option in the position and it, it makes them want to cry thinking of picking that guy. <laughs> but, but I think a coach, you know, and, and you've seen it happen loads of times. Like I, was, I was thinking, I was, I was watching watch the game thinking of so many different examples of it, you know. I mean, how many times has there been, you know, it seems particularly prone, uh, or England in the World Cup seemed particularly prone to this where they, you know, rush back a player who's injured to because he's he's they can't imagine not having him, whether he be the metatarsal years, yeah, basically. whether he be Rooney or Beckham or Michael Owen or whoever, they just can't imagine not not having him. I mean, Rooney was wrecked in the 2006 World Cup at the metatarsal, wrecked again in 2010 with the ankle. Um, the ankle, remember, he was wrecked by because he 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 did the ankle against Bayern Munich and Alex Ferguson, Alex Ferguson rushed him back to play in the next game against Byron, the return game against Byron. He's like, I, I need Rooney. I can't not have Rooney in this game. But you're better off picking, you know, Klopp in the, with Thiago in the Champions League final, uh, Pochettino with well, Harry far, Kane. How, how, far, how far do you take this? Leo Messi's injured. He's literally spent half his game grabbing his various parts of his leg. And he's going to play, obviously, at the weekend. Yeah, well, this is the thing that happens. I mean, the more important the game, the less the injury seems to matter to the player. It's just that there comes a point when you're better off picking a player who actually can move, even if he's not as good as the player who can't move, who you desperately wish wasn't injured. Did you, did you see the guy they brought on? Did you see the guy? I, 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 I take your point, especially when there's a, a number of defensive injuries and they tried to pick two mm. of them. One of them, three one of them, them didn't. Oh yeah, sorry. They, they picked all three of them. They picked, one they of them picked all three. The warm up. One of them didn't make didn't so, make the starting line because he he, or yeah. he he was named the starting line. Then he then he broke down the warm up. Then there was Roman Sice, who had an absolute nightmare. And I mean, the moment when the ball bounced over Olivier, or bounced over his head, and Olivier yeah. Giroud, like almost surprised, past. ran onto it yeah. and smashed it off the post. I mean, that was they, it was at that moment that that Morocco accepted. Okay, he, you know he can't. They they all accepted it. Okay, I'm. I'm Did you see it. the guy who came on for him though, uh, Amala? Well, his leg was strapped up. <laughs> Strapped up even more than sizes. It was bizarre to look at. Yeah, he he was obviously a wreck. And then Mizrawi, who was the other one, um, w- couldn't continue after half time. You know, and <sighs> and by then they were already losing. And you know they they, they it's 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 one, I, my friend Jorge Valdano. Yeah, as mm-hmm. he said, I think he was talking to Sid Lowe uh, earlier in the tournament. Sid actually did have yeah. a confidence to approach him and ask for an interview. Uh, he also had the, probably had the Spanish to do that as well. Yeah, you know, because I, the Spanish I language. you know, I I don't know if he really speaks English. And what, what am I going to do? Go up and say, um, "Yo, liebe dich, um, mi amore vu." What am I going to What am I going to say to Well, uh, you're you know you're workshopping this at the moment, and it sounds pretty good so far. Mio f- favorito quattro. Quinto, what's words in Spanish? Uh, in Espanol, articulos escritos por Jorge Valdano. <laughs> uh, but I didn't say any of this. Uh, instead, I, I simply had to make two with reading, uh, getting secondhand Valdano from Sid Lowe's column, in which he said, uh, you know, about Argentina. Well, it is good sometimes to lose your first game like this. I mean, it's sort of like having a slap in the face that kind of, oh, it focuses you, you know, it means that you have to change and adapt and, and sort of, it, it wakes you up to the reality of the competition. 
Um, and this is like this is what Argentina have in fact done in this World Cup. I mean, you know, the the team has changed a lot since the opening game. You know, he he made the changes. Didn't he make five changes in the second game? You know, and and bringing Alvarez uh, into the team has been a decisive move. So they've kind of evolved as the competition has gone, but they were set on this path of sort of rapid evolution by losing the first game and immediately being under massive pressure. And he contrasted it with Brazil, who at that stage were still in the competition. And obviously they were getting slagged off by Roy Keane and, and others for their dancing. But Valdano kind of made the same point as Keane. Not that dancing it's, itself is disrespectful, just that the game has a way of, you know, just when you're feeling really good about yourself, uh, sort of sneaking up and stabbing you in the back, which is in fact what happened to Brazil. Now, the, the thing about Morocco, the amazing thing about Morocco in this World Cup is they literally hadn't conceded a goal to anybody apart from themselves. They were the only people who were able to score against themselves. <laughs> you know, it was a, they, they scored a one-on goal, and, and past that, there wasn't anything. Even the penalties, even, even the Spanish penalties didn't go in the net. So what happens when one finally does go in the net? It's crushing. They may not be everybody's favourite team for their style of play, but France are on the cusp of all-time greatness. They can become back-to-back world champions. Kylian Mbappe was looking like he was going to own the tournament a couple of games ago. But as it's gone on, it's one of his teammates who's caught the eye of a certain Philippe Auclair. And of course, we've got to talk about the best player at the World Cup, with Griezmann yeah Philippe you opened my eyes to him you opened my eyes to him when we talked to to you earlier in the tournament and to be honest I I probably you know you're you're watching a lot of football a lot of teams maybe I hadn't paid enough attention to him until that point but I've kind of watched out for him more since you talked and he's been so good in the quarter and semi-finals in that new role for him a, a footballer who maybe has been underrated by some of us over the years. I don't know. The, the Barcelona thing didn't work out. Maybe if that had worked out, he, he'd have the status he should have. But you think he's been the best player at the whole tournament? Yes, I do. Um, and uh, I'm probably going to get a, quite a bit of sick about that. I'm actually already getting a bit of sick about that. Oh, really? Because people are saying, <laughs> well, because people are saying, what about Messi and the rest of it? But I say, no, 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 no. Um, when it comes to every single performance that he's put in this World Cup, when you think about the reinvention of of his own playing style that he's had to go through, when you think of the sacrifices he's had to do to play in that role, when you see today, uh, again, uh, how he is the mainstay of France's attacking, as well as very often the last rampart, when things are getting pretty desperate, to be honest, in defence, because we're not defending very well at all, to be absolutely honest. Despite, you know, uh, Konate having a superb game, Fran doing all right, but as, as you know, as, as a group, we're not doing well. Um, there are loads of spaces left there, particularly on the sides. But he's been absolutely exceptional, and it's a reinvention that of which there are very, very few other examples. Um, I could think Andrea Pirlo, for example, Mm-hmm. Um, in the French game, Daniel Bravo was another one, but it's perhaps a, a reference that not many people would be familiar with. You know, we played with PSG as a number 10 and then was brought back to number six uh, by Luis Fernandez and they went and they won uh, the European Cup Winners' Cup that year. It can happen. You know, you, you have players who suddenly, you know, drop back. I mean, Lota Mateus is another one, obviously, who. Uh, came from a more um, like almost a number 10 role to uh, a libero or central defender role. 
but it, it, in the in the current game, in the modern game, it's very very rare to have anybody who does that kind of thing. He's only thirty one. I think also, Philippe, it's it's that he's still he is as you point out, he's still contributing going forward as well. It's not like he's a holding oh, very midfielder. Much so. Yeah, like today he kept finding that little space in be, in between the lines, as they say, as he did for the for the first goal of that brilliant cross for Giroud in the England game. So sometimes I do worry when you've got a creative player like that if you ask him to to play too deep or be too defensive you're sacrificing too much but maybe it's his own tactical acumen that he's still able to go forward he's still able to contribute in an attacking I, sense I would, I, I, t- I tell you what I would absolutely love to know what the instructions are before the game that Deschamps gives <laughs> to, to him because either it's um, I'm, I'm giving you a free roll but you've got to, to take take care of this and that but when you have taken take, take when you have taken care of this and that, you can go forward. You can do this. This is something which is up to the player and is obviously extraordinary intelligence and understanding of the game. Obviously, he's got a, an incredible brain. And by the way, Chouamini, I would say the same thing about Chouamini, um, who is not playing in his in his usual role. He is uh, a screen, but he doesn't play that kind of role in the teams that he's been with is usually associated with another defensive midfielder. That's not the case in this particular team. He's not. Uh, but Griezmann, I, where can I start? I mean, it's the intelligence. The placement is just phenomenal. He's always at the right place. And you you, you leave him. He's there in the um, position 30 yards. And he's just delivered this wonderful pass to Dembele, who can't control the ball, or Mbappe, who had a horrible game, by the way. Uh, Mbappe, who just wastes it. And two seconds later, he's back defending uh, in his own box. Mm. And he puts in a perfect block, a perfect tackle. He does exactly what is required of him. I mean... He's the most complete footballer. It might be that Lionel Messi is impacting the game more in terms of goals scored and goals assisted and so forth. But in terms of being present at every second of every single game that he's part of, Griezmann is, I mean, obviously for me, the standout player of this World Cup. Uh Will he be able to lead France to World Final World Cup final victory? Though, are they good enough to beat Argentina on Sunday? Yeah, I, I, I think they're um, okay. Um, famous last words, which you can record and probably will play on Monday. Uh, I think France are um, far better team than than Argentina. Um, I actually don't think there's any comparison. I mean, is it is it crazy to say that? Um, I think France have got solutions that oh, Argentina yeah, hasn't yeah, got. This is in the same conversation that you said that France were dominated by in, in play by Morocco tonight. So they can't be surely that much better than Argentina. Yeah, but Morocco, Morocco have been absolutely magnificent uh, throughout in terms of Morocco have played better football than Argentina. Would you agree with me? Well, they've played mm, better football. Tonight they played brilliantly. I think in a lot of other games they weren't as enjoy. I think they had to play more football tonight because they went to goal down early on. Some of their, I think, some of their earlier matches. To be fair, they had the fairy tale story. Everyone's loving them. I think one or two of them might have been a hard enough watch. For example, the Spain game. 
but because they're the underdogs, mm. you, you now, give them the a other, pass. Yeah. On the other hand, Ken did describe Argentina as a shambles on last night's show, and I couldn't really argue with him while he was saying was that not, it. That was before but, that. That was before the semi-final, though. That was their best performance. They're they're getting better as the tournament goes along. I don't know if France necessarily are. Mm. Yes. Well, um, if Argentina is the best team in that World Cup. Technically and tactically, must be one of the worst World Cups ever. No, <laughs> they have Messi. They have Messi, and that is that well, is that's good fine. For, They've got yeah. one of the greatest players ever. We 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 all agreed on that. They've got some very good young talents as well. Um, they've got a very uh, loud and effective goalkeeper, but they're not very good, are they? He sounds convincing. He does put forward a very, very strong case, but you're blinded by Messi's magic, Murph, yeah? I mean, sure. Yes. I mean, it, blinded, it depends what happens in the final. It does depend what happens it in the does. final. It absolutely does. Yeah, yeah. And blinded suggests that, you know, we're the, the, the emperor's new clothes. Uh, Messi has been ro- really rather good. Uh, and I know we, we all take what we've watched over the last, you know, 16 years or whatever, into every game we, we watch Neil Messi play. But at the same time, we have seen him play terribly as well. I mean, this, it's not uh, un- completely unheard of for him to have played terribly at, you know, these tournaments. Uh, so I think we can we can all agree that he has been having an impact and a major impact at the nah, sharp good. end of the field. So um, if Griezmann wins it, you know, I, I, can, I can see why. But I can also see why Lionel Messi will be the, the consensus choice if Argentina do the business on Sunday. <laughs> Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Eufy X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris and MopMaster dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's a winning mentality. I can see it in their eyes. They've got glazed eyes. Glazed eyes. What I said to them at the end, and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it, I said, are you ready to win a World Cup? Because we're in it to win it. They've got to trust me. I'm taking these guys into battle. Yeah. And I'm doing my own stapling. Look, we're not getting carried away, but we're now getting to that point now where we are inspiring. Does a, a struggling salesman start turning up on a bicycle? Turns up in a newer car, Perception. So what becomes of you, my love? Along the way, we're going to have fun. When they have finally stripped you off. I try and laugh several times a day. The handbags and the glad rags. <laughs> you could Sergeant Major spends all his time training his men to be killers and, and make sure that they arrive for meetings on time and dressed in the right way. He doesn't polish his own boots. The bosses are panicking. They're going, oh, cut back. Non-negotiable. The way we play football is non-negotiable. Listen, this tournament has been enjoyable and all that, but we took the opportunity 
this week to look ahead to the main event next summer when the Republic of Ireland play in the Women's World Cup for the very first time. And at the Liberty Hall, we met the woman who got us there. Can you please give a massive second captain's welcome to Amber Barrett? Uh-oh, I, I don't like the look of this <laughs> arm in a sling. What's happening here? Oh, the Germans are a wee bit harder than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't anything to worry about long to World Cup-wise or anything? Well, not. Not at all. No. Uh, you, by the way, Amber's flown all the way in from Berlin tonight to be with us where you're playing your club football, so <laughs> thank you so much for that. Is it true that you told Vera Pau, um, I don't know if it's the day before the game or in the lead-up to the game, just put me on, boss, and I'll score a goal for you? It actually wasn't the day before the game. It was, I think, the week I had come into camp with a small niggle. And honestly, I was shitting myself that she was going to send me home. <laughs> so she gave me the... She said, look, I trust that you know that you're going to be there. And I said, Vera, I'm telling you now, if you play me, I'll score. Yeah. Now, I didn't think I'd play, to be honest, but always have that wee bit of confidence as well. But when you were on the bench, did you, did you not think you were going to get a chance? Did you feel like maybe the way the game is going, they might need me, they might need me to come on and try to nick one? See, I think the thing is, with, we've Heather Payne has played you know, a lot of the games and Heather's not one of those players that after 60 minutes she's done and unfortunately she picked up a knock but it was a toss-up between me and another player and I think probably what happened a few days previous in Donegal, I think, I think Vera knew that there was something special in the air and I was very grateful that she gave me the shout. Yeah, I, I want to talk about that in a moment. We might just relive the goal first, if you don't mind, because it, it is an iconic moment. It will remain an iconic moment forever, really. So can you talk us through what's going on in your mind here? Well, I think a lot of people that know me know that my first touch is usually shite. So um, <laughs> um, I think that's the point of it that everybody said to me after they said your first touch. And I was like, I was as shocked as you were. <laughs> um, but honestly, after that there, I think like, I've, I've spoke about it a few times that, you know, we'd done a lot of analysis on the run up to the game. And they said that the keeper for them was very hesitant to come off her line. And I knew that I could take it as far in as possible. And I think that was a testament to the, the analysis that the coaching staff had done as well. You call it a big toe, I think. I go toe bog. Murph has some absolutely random... I mean, I think I used to call them bull toes. But I mean, I actually, I, I don't even know anymore. Now. I thought I'd bull toe maybe like in Galway 20 no. years ago, but... It's, it's a big toe, really, isn't it? 
Well, you're the one who scored it, so you yeah. tell us. Yeah, I think you get the final shout in December. Yeah, I've said big toe, but again, I don't care it went in. The background to all this was obviously the, the unspeakable tragedy in Kriesla, a place that you've got very deep connections to. Yeah, my, my mother and my uncle are, are born and were born and raised in Kriesla. My grandparents are from Kriesla. Like it's, every time I come home from football, I go there and... Even one of the fellas who passed away in the, in the tragedy, he lives, I think, 60 metres up the road from where my granda um, used to live. And when I was home in the summer, I passed him and he was out cutting the hedges at his, at a, his home house. So it's just one of those things that you just, oh, there's you, you know, way down the road you go. And you just never think then that a wee while later you'll hear something like that. So what kind of, what kind of a place was it for you growing up? It's obviously with your grandparents there uh, and so many connections to it. Is it mm-hmm. You must have unbelievably fond memories. I do, yeah. And I even played for a time when um, my home club in Mulford didn't have a, a Gaelic women's team. I played in St. Michael's, which was the, the club there. And I could because my grand had connections there to play. So, yeah, the thing is about Creasla, it's I think there's about 600 people in the town, so everybody knows everybody. You always know a little bit, and not just people who unfortunately died, but also people that were there on the scene, um, people that had to, you know, the things that they had to do to try and help people, their neighbours and everything. And I think when, you know, you put into perspective about things that are important, qualifying for the World Cup is, I think it's the biggest achievement I've personally had so far, but... You know, unfortunately, we don't scratch the surface in, in terms of life importance and things like that. But I really believe that what happened in Chrysler had a huge effect on us getting over the line a few days later as well. Not just you, the, the team uh, in general, you reckon? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that a few people have, have seen there was a slowed down version of the, of the goal that was, that was posted online. And I think if you watch back at it, you look at Katie's reaction to my celebration, you know, I think in 90% of other times, you know, everybody's just coming on top of you and it's just like madness, whereas Katie sees what I'm doing, pauses, takes a minute, and then just kind of pats me on the head to say like, you know, we've got your back. I th- yeah, I think she pointed the black armband as well as you had done. So yeah. it was obviously in her mind, she knew exactly what that moment signified for you. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, people sometimes think about, you know, are these moments pre-planned, you know, are they arranged, you know, but we never mentioned, like, you know, before the game, Gareth had said to us, oh, we'll do a minute silence and we'll wear a black armband. And for us, for me and the other couple of Donegal girls in the team, you know, we said, you know, that was, we were really grateful for that because it just showed that wee bit of respect um, for what had happened. And I think until you're experienced something like it somewhere that small, like you all have your home village and all, and a tragedy like that would obviously take, it would take everybody a little bit, but... I just think it's, it sums up our team perfectly. You know, it's not just about us. We're always about bigger picture, and I think that's another reason why we're going to the World Cup. Where were you when you heard about what had happened? I was actually... My parents had come up to the hotel on Friday. We had free in the afternoon, and my younger brother had just sent a message into the group chat that there was an explosion in the, in the filling station, and it was one of those moments where it was like, oh, Jesus, you know, it doesn't sound too good, and then... I think then my dad's a, a guard in Letterkenny and he, he then done a few phone calls and he says, like he said, because my mum was kind of like, oh, you know, we need to, that doesn't sound too good. And he said, I think it's not, it's, it's really, really bad. And I think then while he was there the next hour, he started to filter through then things that he was hearing. And I think then your kind of, your stomach started to drop a little bit because I think initially they said there was up to, I think, 20, 25 people missing. And the problem is because of where it is, 
you're guaranteed to know at least one person and I think then you're just waiting to know who who is it you're going to know you know who's been affected and unfortunately there was there was a few how were you even able to prepare for a football match at that time one of the biggest football the biggest football match you've probably ever played I've, I've spoken about this a few times since um on the morning of the game I was speaking to my mum and I said to her I was like mum I have absolutely no interest in this game tonight I said I can't stop thinking about Chrysler and you know she said Amber come on you're just going to have to put it to the back of your mind for one night but again you can't just switch off from something like that you can't just say oh Jesus yeah I'll forget about it now for for a little while and even on the run up to the game and everything and you're in the dressing room just little moments um, and then obviously when I'm just about to go on I think the, the physio or the team doctor just literally said when I'm standing beside Vera at the sideline she said do it for Donegal and it just never left my mind then for the rest and obviously it was straight in your mind as soon as you scored the goal it's that's a really weird thing because I think anybody that would know me is I'm when I score I love to celebrate I love a I love a reaction because the feeling you get from scoring a goal the feeling you get from scoring a goal for your country is if you could bottle it up and give it to everybody you would that feeling is it is indescribable in the best ways but I think it was really weird just that it was nearly like the whole something had been just taken out of the air and just the, the silence fell and then it was like right just nice and calm compose yourself to be honest with you like when i watch it and the goal and even the celebration a lot of people commented oh you know you were very calm i was absolutely shitting myself <laughs> and even when i celebrated and you know the girls had come over and patting my head and i think it was diane and diane gave me a little pat and i just said down you know what the fuck have i just done like <laughs> and but that's that was my instant and then it was like right gather yourself then and settle which didn't work because I was terrible after the goal went in. <laughs> and this is the thing, I don't know how I got player of the match in that game, so I'll happily take it. But well, I think we've seen why, yeah, in fairness. Yeah, yeah. The goal was... Yeah. The first yeah. touch was... The, the, that was the end of the pull but then, for but then player of the match. You, you settled yourself and just thought about what, what had been going on in the background. Is it? Yeah, just I think it, it's weird. It's really weird to describe it because it's not something... I think if I went back to the moment, I don't know if the same reaction would have taken place. But it was literally like... I'm sure most of you have played football before, even for a Sunday league team, but when you score a goal, there's a really weird moment just before the ball goes in where the crowd go, and then it drops. But it was really weird because because obviously it was Scotland. The silence was a wee bit longer than usual because it was the home team. And I think then the couple of seconds after was the moment then where my mind straight away switched and was like just straight away black armband. And that was the thought. And then compose myself, black armband, and take as much time out of this as possible. <laughs> yeah, and but talk about composure. Like uh, in your post-match interview uh, after the, and this is like oh, minutes, mere minutes after the final whistle, you said you dedicated the goal to those ten beautiful souls who unfortunately perished on Friday for all their families. Because I know they touched their lives. They certainly touched ours. I, I'm sure I wasn't alone. I couldn't believe you were able to give such an eloquent tribute like straight after that game which is obviously the most joyful experience of your football career so far yeah 100 percent um but again i think sometimes it's, it's good to look at perspective but you know also sometimes you know you have to take the moment and appreciate what you've done but in that moment again like it's you know when tony asked me about donegal like it's it just straight away it's it was the most important thing on my mind that day i was thinking about it on the lead up to the game after the goal i was thinking about it and of course like I was lucky enough that I went down to one of the corners of the stadium and there was ones that I knew from 
Ramelton that was only five minutes away from my home and they give me a Donegal flag and you know just to have that wrap around me as well just I think it just really you know that's there's just you all know what there's there's no better people in the world than Donegal people unfortunately I have to be biased with that but you know what I mean and it's that sense of community and you know what's important and yeah to be honest I don't know how I did say some of the things I've said because I've watched it back and it, it, it chokes me up a wee bit because I don't think I would be able to say it now the crowd loved her, Murph. I gotta say, the crowd mm. absolutely loved Amber Barrett, and you do they really did. You do want to see? Yeah, I, I mean, there is some there is some talk of some extra players trying to muscle their way into the Ireland squad. Let's just let's not let's not put Amber down the pecking order there. Let's no, just remember. I don't I, I don't think Amber say. has any intention of being put down the pecking order as well. <laughs> That's true. It does sound like she will she will hold her ground, Murph, against yeah. all comers. By the side, I have of the no fear there. of her, as they might no say fear. in her native Donegal. Ooh, that interview and all of our gangs all here end of year shows come with thanks to O'Hara's Irish Craft Beers right to sign up to the Second Captain's World Service secondcaptains.com five or a month plus fat and you'll get your World Cup final preview the return of the Premier League obviously there's going to be a lot of football going on and oh a lot of other good stuff on the way over the, <laughs> the next Carabao while the Carabao Cup is on this like next week just Jeepers. Just sit on that for a minute. Or... <laughs> Every episode is available ad-free if you sign up. And the Second Captain's Murf- uh, Second Captain's podcast is part of a... It's a creator network. network. Creators. It's a cre- creator network. Um, and the name of that creator network is the Acast Creator Network. Acast Creator yeah. Network. Yeah, just jot that down on. You'll need that information A-Cast. going forward. Messi, Messi, Messi! Football, football, football! He bent What is that? That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home. Those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sports important. <laughs> Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Eufy X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris and MopMaster dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.